Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, we're in the season at Highway and we've been here for a little while about awake. Do you feel like you're awake? Has, has this season of awake made any difference in your life at all? Anybody? Has anyone had a difference in their life because we're focusing on awake? Because if it hasn't, (laughs) uh, oh yeah, you know, we've got to step into being awake. And that's what I'm going to speak about this morning. I want to talk about inheritance. Because we all have an inheritance. All of us, at one stage, were in ruins. And all of us have come from a place of being in ruins, spiritually, not knowing our God, to a place where he's he's put us in a position where we have an inheritance in him, an inheritance that can't be taken away, an inheritance that no one can steal from us. The only way it can happen is if we give it away. And I don't want to give it away this morning. I want to step into my inheritance. I want to be the person that, that God planned me to be, and he always planned me to be. That's who I want to be. You know, last t- a couple of times I've spoken from up here, was the first one was take the cap off about removing the restrictions around us. And the next one was, was, are you full of it? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? But now I want to talk about inheritance. And I want to talk about the ways that we can step into our inheritance in God. Because, like I said before, I want to be the man that God always destined me to be. And I'm sure you want to be the same people. And I've... I've I'm older in years, and because I'm older in years, I've, I've seen my, my mum and my dad on, on both sides pass away. I've had an inheritance left to me. My dad, when, it, when he passed away, he, he had, there were two families, and so the inheritance was not very big because in New Zealand, when you, when you get sick, the government can just sell all your assets and whatever else to pay for your, your costs. And so when, when you pass away, there's not much left. So my physical inheritance was very, very little. And I was, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking, you know, I, I, I didn't really receive an inheritance from my, my mum and my dad, but I inherited more than what I could ever hope or imagine from my mum and dad. You know, my personality, who I am, you know, the, the, the guidelines around my life, the things that held me together all came from my mum and dad. And all of us have received an inheritance from our parents, from our grandparents, whoever it might have been, But because you've stepped into a kingdom of of God, you have an inheritance. And that inheritance is sitting there and it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you to access. But are we willing to access all that he has for us? The inheritance that he has for us, just like my mum and dad, they they didn't have much cash left at all. I can remember my dad when I was younger, I used to go into his his bed and he had these cupboards on the side of his bed and, and he had his war medals. And as a child, I'd open up the drawer and I'd pull out his war medals and, and look over these medals. I thought they were fantastic. And he had a coin collection. And we'd pull out his coin collection and we'd put it over, over the, the table and look at these coins from hundreds of years ago. And when he died, I, I realized his coin collection and his medals weren't there. They were gone. And he, what he'd done is, because he had been estranged to his, to his first marriage, he gave his medals to his first son. And he gave the best coins back to the, the children that he hadn't been able to live his life with because he wanted to bless them. And even in dying, he wanted to do something to try and say to his, his children that he had never really known that well, that he loved them. What is your inheritance? Don't wait to your deathbed for your inheritance. Start to move into what he's got for you now. I think about people, and you've probably all seen it, 
when the will gets pronounced, it brings out the best in people and the worst in people. Have you seen that? How it gets contested and everyone wants more. The me and me, the, the more and me comes out. I want more because I want this money. I want to be set free. It's going to help my life and whatever else. And the stuff comes up in us. It's not very good. Well, can I tell you now that your inheritance is going to be contested. It's not something that's just a fait accompli. On God's side, it is, it's there for us. But the enemy's going to come and he's going to contest your inheritance. It's not something you're just going to sit back and it's going to come your way. And I would like to talk about, a bit about that this morning. I'd like to start by reading from Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7. And it says, and I think I've got a few more verses up there, but I'm starting at verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. We're sons. We're born of a family. And because we're in a family, we get an inheritance. Because you're his sons, God sent the Spirit of God into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. That means you have an inheritance there for you right now. We've gone from ruins to being heirs. We're no longer slaves to the old world, but we have an inheritance, a godly inheritance of the new world that is there for us. You know, this was written to a group of people, the Galatians, who had, who had heard the gospel and they were, they'd heard the good news and Paul had preached them. And they'd gone from, from living a life of faith and just believing in, in God to taking on some of the old principles that the, the Jewish nation had and, and they'd gone to, to living under some of the law and, and trying to, to live a life that was so pleasing to them they were almost earning their way to heaven. But God, came, but God wants to say that he wants us to live a life of faith. When Paul got back to Jerusalem some 18 months later and he was, he was looking back at, at where he'd been, and he heard about the Galatians and he sends in this letter that I just read and he says, oh foolish Galatians, here you are, you've gone from being set free from under the law and, and trying to live a life that's, that's, that's earning your way to heaven and, and you've given that away and you've taken up something else. You've given away your faith that just you come to and you get an inheritance straight away and you've gone to something else. And he says, how foolish you are. God's here today and he's saying, by faith you can access the inheritance that is for you. You don't have to strive to earn it. You walk by faith, and because you've got a faith in God, you want to live pleasing to him, and so you do what's right. But you don't strive to earn it. He's telling them they're justified by faith. And that faith came from many generations back when, when Abraham was first there. And Abraham was the first man who believed in one God. Before then, there were multi-gods multi all over the place. You had a God for, for the harvest and a, and a God to look after your family, a God for the, for the water and a God for this and a God for the other and a God for the other. But he believed there was one God. And he believed by faith that when this God spoke that I'm going to follow and do what God says because he's the one God and I can trust him. And God told him to walk out and go to a place where he didn't know. Didn't know how far it was. Didn't know where exactly where it was going, but he said to go. And so this man just went. He took one step, and then he took another step, and then he took another step. It wasn't until 430 years later where the laws came into being, where you had to live by these laws and restrictions in your life to try and find a way to God. Abraham just had to walk by faith, and that's all he had to do. 
This man, Abraham, was a rough, simple sheep farmer. His parents were heathen. He wrote no books. He wrote no songs. He got no laws. He gave up certainty of where he was living for uncertainty. And he pressed into God. Where he, he didn't know where he was going, but he pressed into God. He was not perfect, but he had faith. He had trials and tribulations. But because of his faith, when God said go, he went. When God says do this, he did it. And he was blessed. He stepped into his inheritance, not because of things he had, he had done as such, but because of his faith. And because of his faith, and he was faithful in his life, he stepped into all that he had. See, God made some promises for Abraham. He said, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. And here we are, 2,000, 3,000 years later, 2,000 whatever years later, looking back, and we can see that all the blessings that Abraham were pro was promised to Abraham have all come to pass. When he passed away, he couldn't see those blessings. He could see them in the future, and he stopped out by faith to see them, but he hadn't accessed all of them. We had accessed them, but he hadn't seen them before his eyes. And here we have the liberty of looking back and saying, yes, God was faithful. When he said he was going to bless him, he blessed him. And in fact, every single person that's sitting in the seat, every single one of you are blessed because of Abraham. Because the generations and the multitudes he saw, you do realize that you're part of the generations. You're part of the multitudes he saw those thousands of years ago. And God is working through you because of one man stepped out by faith. Because one man took one step. Can you imagine when you take that first step? It's just one step. What could happen by that first step? And I don't know what went in his mind when he took that first step by faith. But here we are thousands of years later and all of us are walking in the blessing that Abraham had because by faith he took a simple step. What can happen if we took a simple step? What would in our inheritance look like if we took that simple step that God told us to take? Generations later, there's a man named Joshua. Joshua, is, if you don't know the story, the Israelites were, were, were set free from slavery in Israel and they wandered around the wilderness for a long, long time. They'd, given a, they'd been promised a land and, and Joshua was the man chosen to lead them into the promised land and he's sitting there before he goes in and God speaks to him and says, tells him to be fearless and he tells him wherever you put your, your sole or your foot, it's blessed in the land. And when he steps into the land, he must believe wherever he goes to, wherever I step and wherever my, my foot has touched the land, it's mine, it's blessed because that's who I am. And this man was the one that led the, the Israelites across the Jordan River, a river that was in flood, a river that seemed impossible. It's split and they go across into their new land to obtain their inheritance. To obtain their inheritance. I'm saying these words, and, and do you really believe that you've got an inheritance? Do you believe that you've got an inheritance? And what is that inheritance for you today? Because your inheritance starts now. It's not something you have to wait for. That's the first point, by the way. It starts now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. There's an eternal inheritance where we, we are going to get when we see him face to face. But the inheritance that God has for you starts right now in this moment. The decisions we make from this point on will determine what we step into for our inheritance that God always destined and planned for us. It's not just a normal inheritance. 
we have to wait for someone to die because 2,000 years ago, someone did die for us. And because he died for us, it gives us access to our inheritance. It's nothing we have to strive for. It's nothing we have to wait for. It's there. It's sitting there. It's like it's sitting in the bank. It's waiting for there for us to, to, to go and to get. But will you go and get it? Will you take your step to step into your inheritance to all that God has for you today? I don't know what your family was like, and I've probably said this before, but when we, when we were younger, we did not have a lot of cash. And we can always remember as a special event going to McDonald's to buy a family meal. Yeah, we were big spenders. And we'd go and buy a family meal, and because we had four kids, there were, was there six burgers in a family meal? Four? Five? Anyway, I can remember we'd give all the kids a burger, and, we would, and Claire and I would share a burger because we wanted to bless our kids. That was all we had. But do you know what? I, I was teaching my kids something. I was giving them a bit of a godly inheritance by teaching them that, that, that I wanted to bless them. And do you know, if, if God only had a family meal, he wouldn't have his burger. He'd give it to you. But I'm lucky that God has more than a family meal. I'm lucky he has everything we ever need for life and health and strength. And he wants to, just like I wanted to give my kids a burger before me, he wants to give you your inheritance. But as a good dad, he doesn't just plonk it down, sit it in front of you and say, there, it's all yours, take it. Because we would just squander it. We would just throw it away. We'd use it. We'd, we'd get rid of it. And, and what would be left? But he says, will you come and will you get it? Will you come and ask for it? Will you come and take steps into it, that the inheritance I have for you? Will you work for your inheritance? Will you move into your inheritance? All of us. It is an inheritance for us more than we could hope, dream, or imagine. You know, the title deeds are the terms of our inheritance. We just have to enter the family to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he came to die for you. And if we accept that free gift of salvation, we can have the inheritance that God has for us. You know, the Israelites, before they went to, the, to their promised land, they had to leave the desert behind. They had to cross over and step into their promised land. And when, when they were looking at it, they were saying, this seems impossible. I don't know how we can do this but they were stepping into what God had for them. And there's a, the theme verse with, with, that's going through our church at the moment, and it's Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, we should all know that off by heart. According to his, his power that is at work within us, we don't have to wait to be rewarded. We step in and we can gain our inheritance. Because, and this is where it starts getting tough, because I've been crucified with Christ. <laughs> I've been crucified with Christ. Crucified to all the old stuff, laying it down, laying down everything of me and choosing to pick up all of him. I've been crucified with Christ and I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Stepping into all that God has for us. When God asks you to do something, or when you want something for, for God, how many people say, yes, I want all that God has for me? Anyone here is like that? Say, yes, I want all that God has for me? But do you know there's a simple statement that when you say yes to God, you have to say no to something else. 
And sometimes your no magnifies your yes. All of us love the yeses. We all say, God, bless me. God, I want to feel your presence. God, I need the touch of your Holy Spirit. And God is so gracious, he does that. But our no holds us in the yes. As your no gets bigger, your yes gets bigger. And as your yes gets bigger, your no should get bigger. There should be no dichotomy between the two. One should follow the other in both of our lives. Because our yes says yes to our inheritance, but our no says no that nothing is going to steal my inheritance. I've got a couple of convictions that Claire and I as a family do. And I don't want to convict anybody. I'm not saying you should do this. I believe it's great for your life. I believe it puts boundaries around your lives and it keeps you safe. The first one is church on Sunday. You will always find us in church on Sunday. That's just one thing we've done when we're going through some stuff in our lives, I don't know, 20 years ago plus, we made a decision, church on Sunday. Work on Monday, but church on Sunday. That's what had been our, one of our dedications. That's what we do, and it holds us instead. How many of you would go and take your car when you first bought it, fill it up full of gas, close the lid, and never open up it again? Never open that petrol cap up again and just keep on driving and just keep on going? Because eventually you're going to run out of gas. And church on Sunday is like me pulling up that cap, putting in the, the fuel pump and going to the bowels and filling up again so I'm ready for my next week. I don't know what you're like, but when I leave church on Sunday, I give God as best I can, because, and it does something to me every single Sunday. If you look in a drought now, what would happen if you never watered your plants? They would be brown, and most, a lot of them are brown now. Um, but if you never, ever fill up, you're never going to be able to give out. Church on Sunday... We make a decision. We don't drink. We don't use any illicit substances because we know that when times get tough, there's an opportunity to turn to another coping mechanism than God. And what's more, what's more is, is those coping mechanisms can be so easily ingrained in us. I'm just going to have one. Just one. Next thing is just two. The next thing is just three. Then it's just four. And then all of a sudden I'm having a fight with my partner at home. And all of a sudden, my marriage is breaking up because I just had one. I'm not going there. I refuse. My no is big because my no magnifies my yes in that situation. I tell the truth. I try not to, to tell a lie, but I, I probably expound a bit and, and grow stories every now and then, as we all do. But I try not to lie. I actively, as best I can, sometimes when I'm, I'm, I'm scared, I try and share the gospel. I, I try and tell people, I try and every time I go to a checkout operator and they say, how's your day? I always say, I'm, I've had a great day. How's your day? How have you been? And I try and enthuse, you know, do something good for them. Every single person I talk to, I try and say something good to let them know that there's something in me. I might not even get to share the gospel with them, but they can see there's someone who's got something that was good that came before them. I give them my time, my talents and my treasures. I pray, I study his word. This is a big one, and, and I'm going to, well, I'm going to say it. Claire and I did not have sex before marriage. That was one of our absolutes. We said that wasn't going to happen, and we stuck by that. And when we got married, we were both virgins, both of us. It was something we stuck to. That was one of our absolutes we stuck to. And I look about society, and I look how easy it is for us to spiral down and to allow things in our lives that should not have been there. And by the way, if you've been in that situation in the past, I'm not putting condemnation on anybody. This is one of the absolutes that Claire and I had. 
But I know looking back and, and being in the position I am now, standing here now and having the discussions with people in my world that we're trying to pull them out of problems and circumstances and situations, I see people with splintered souls because they've gone into relationships they never should have gone into. I see people that are coming out with hurt and, and bitterness and envy because they've gone into a relationship that hurt them and burnt them so badly. I see people with diseases they never should have got because they went to places they never should have been, should have never should have happened. And yet here we are as a church, we've got absolutes. My no magnified my yes and it kept me safe. What would happen if I'd had sex with another girl before Claire and I had a, a baby outside of wedlock? I would have had to pay for that, that child for the rest of my life. It would have hindered us financially. It would have caused Claire all concerns because I've got two relationships. And I'm not saving a go at anybody yet again because you've all, we've all got walks we've got to walk with. But if, we, if our no's are strong in our lives and they magnify our yeses in our lives, how much more we step into being exactly where God wants us to be. And the inheritance that God has for us is what we should have always had. Do not let the simple pleasures of the world and the one-time opportunities destroy your lives. This probably isn't a very spiritual message, but it's a very practical message. As Christians, I see too many people who take the easy way out. Can we all make the decision that when it comes to, oh, I'd love to do that. No. No. Simple words, N-O, no. And what's more is you replace your no with a yes. God, I don't feel like it, but Lord, I'm going to put on you a gospel song. I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to make the decision to pray. When, when I feel like I want to turn into a situation that's bad, I'm going to pray. I'm going to replace my, what I wanted to do with a yes in God. It's going, to talk, it's going to propel you into your destiny, into your inheritance. We can all be influencers or we can all be influenced. I want to be an influencer. I want to love my God. I want to serve my God. I want to live a life that's pleasing to him. And if that means saying no to some things, I'm going to say no to them. If that means saying yes to some things, I'm going to say yes to those. And that's enough of that. So next point, what is our inheritance? In Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, it says in the, in the English Standard Version, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you gave your life to him, you were sealed with a promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to praise of his glory. See, we all have an inheritance. Every single one of us, before we actually even come to God. And how inheritance that he has given us, we've got an earth to live on. We've got breath that we breathe. All God is love, so every bit of love that we feel is from God. All of us, every bit of humanity has that. But when we come into him, there's something special that happens and we have an internal inheritance. There's a transaction that took place on the cross and we stepped into a new way of living, a new realm. But we can step in, but we have to take our inheritance yet again. Will you take your inheritance this morning? See, God wants to restore us. We don't have to live in the past. All those things I talked about before, if they were your failures from the past, 
You do not have to live into those anymore. You can step into internal, your eternal purpose. He can bring you back to your original design. He can bring you back to a place that you're always meant to be. That is my God. And that is the inheritance that he has for you. Joshua was given the land. He just had to take it. You know, I'm, you get thoughts when you're standing up here, but I, I, this is one thought that I've got. You know, Stephen, we talk about Jesus. And when he died on the cross, he went and he sat down the right hand of the Father. And when you read the Bible, it always talks about him sitting at the right hand of the Father. But there's one time that says he stood up. One time it says he stood up. And it was when there was a man named Stephen. And he was getting stoned. And he had he'd spoken about Jesus. And now because they hated it so much, they were stoning him. And it caught Jesus' attention. And he was standing up. And he, I don't know what he was saying or what he was doing, but he was standing up because this man was being martyred for the faith that Jesus had proclaimed to the earth. And I wonder what happens to us when we say no, when we choose to say yes and we stand up for our faith. I wonder if Jesus, from sitting down before the hand of the Father, resting, he stands up and he says, I'm encouraging you. Go for it. I'm pouring out my spirit upon you. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm praying for you. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. He stands up and he sees you. Do you know he sees you and he wants to give you this inheritance that is always yours? He gives us gifts, gifts of healing. He blesses our bodies physically, emotionally. He gives us wisdom. He gives us a gift of prophecy. He gives us ability to, to speak to spirits. And let me tell you, that's real. If you haven't experienced it, that's real. He gives us tongues. He gives us the, the ability to interpret tongues. He fills our lives full of peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, self-control. He fills us up, and this is the, some of the inheritance we have down here. He gives us the ability to step into situations and do things supernaturally we never thought we could. But he wants us to step in. We also have an internal inheritance. And that inheritance is when we see him face to face. You know, I, I, there's this debate that goes around the Christian church, and it, it's, it's debate whether if you're saved, then you're always saved. Or if you're saved, then you can lose your salvation. And I love the thought of once you're saved, you're always saved. But I also love the thought that I'm saved, but I actually have to work at my salvation because it's just too easy. If you know you never can lose your salvation, you just take it for granted. And you tend to take it so lightly that I'm going to make it to heaven no matter what. And because I can make it to heaven no matter what, I can really play around here and I can do this and I can miss out on my inheritance here. It's called Calvinism, but I, like, I love the thought that, that maybe, maybe I have to stand strong. Maybe I could lose my salvation if, if, I'm, if I choose to make bad decisions. So it makes me stand stronger. It makes me say... God, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose this thing that you've given me, Lord. I don't want to lose my salvation. I don't want to lose my internal inheritance. 
I don't want to lose everything you've given me by making some crazy, crazy, crazy choices. God, so make me strong. Help me to live strong that I will never lose my inheritance. I will never lose it. Never, ever, ever lose it. I want to be with you forever. God, I don't want to lose the thought of living life without you. I couldn't handle that, Lord. And so it makes me press into him more. Can we do that today? Make the choice that I'm not going to rest on my laurels because I'm saved. Because I'm saved, I've got this free ticket to heaven, which we have got a free ticket to heaven. But I love the thought that I've got to, I've got to stand strong in my faith. You know, we all receive something in this world. My third point is, how many can we add? If I love God, I love others. I want to drag as many into this internal inheritance as I possibly can. I do not want people to go to a place where I don't want to go. I would love every single person I meet to when they take their last breath on the earth, they step into to, to heaven and they see Jesus and God face to face. I would love that every single person was there with me to, to walk into this godly inheritance. And what's more, I would love every single person I meet to live a life of peace, to live a life that's fruitful, to live a life without pain, to live a life of strength. And we all know that comes when you find Jesus in your life. So many of us tend to, to make wrong decisions and blame God for our wrong decisions. Can we make a choice today? I'm going to step into my inheritance that I have in you. Because I know my God. In Matthew 7 verse 11 it says, If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give gifts to those who ask him? Can we pull the ones that have lost to find Jesus? We're lying in bed at night. Do you ever pray about your friends or your your relatives, or your children, and pray that God moves upon their lives, that they find their eternal salvation. Jesus left the 99 for the one in one of his parables. Are we willing to go for the one, to pull other people into the inheritance, the inheritance that we have? Because when you realize what your inheritance is, you just want to share it with others. It's like the ones who open up their will and they say, it's mine, I'm keeping it. I don't want to get, share it with anyone else. But there's others when they, when they get their inheritance, they want to give it to everybody else. Are we the ones that want to give not our inheritance away? Because you do realize the more you access of your inheritance, the bigger it grows. It's not negative. It's not like you're going to take something, it's just going to run out or, or there's going to be less and less and less. But the more that you get from God, the bigger the bag grows. So the more we get, the more that's there. I would love to have my bag so chockers that I could just access anything I wanted from God and flow it out to the others in the world around me. See, when Jesus left the earth, in Matthew 28, he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. You know, everything is in God. Everything. If we only access it, 
if we only say yes to God and if we say no to the enemy. For we all know John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We will all inherit something in our lives, and you have a choice. You can inherit something from God's kingdom, or you can inherit something from the world's kingdom. And unfortunately, your no to God tends to lead towards the, earth's, the world's kingdom. Your yes to God tends to lead you to his kingdom. I pray today that each and every one of us, when we leave the service this morning, we'll know if nothing else, those two words, yes and no. Yes to God, no to the world. In Philippians 3, verses 8 to 11, it says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings because like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. We've got an inheritance from God. An awesome inheritance. But with that comes, if we're going to inherit something, we're following our Savior. Jesus had, could access everything he needed from the Father by faith. But he went through lots of sufferings. May I tell you, when things go wrong in your life, will you still hang on to the eternal inheritance that's yours? When you lose some money, or when your health is not that good, will you still look towards Jesus and will you still access the inheritance that you have, the faith that you need, the love that you need, the peace that you need, the love, the joy that you need? Everything is there for us. Can we take our eyes off what the world is throwing on us and put our eyes back on Jesus in those situations and stay strong in him? This is the time of the year when we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus. This is the time we remember that a son was sent for us, that he was born in a manger, nothing flashy, lived a life of sacrifice and then died for us so that we can step into our inheritance, so that we can step into all that he has for us. Can we remember around this time of year that this Jesus is not just something that's flippant, can we not sacrifice, and someone said this the other day too to me, can we not sacrifice Jesus for Christmas? Can we, can, we, can we focus on Jesus this Christmas and be willing to say yes to all that he has for us, know that what the enemy is, what the world is going to give it to us, try to give to us this Christmas, focus on him, focus on what he did when he came to this earth for us and was willing to, to come down to die for you and for me. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know, we all know Jesus, but I pray that you do. I pray that as we go into this Christmas season, we might look at to him. I, I, I pray that you open up this word and read the stories of Jesus, of what happened. And I pray that as you read these stories, you'll be encouraged to say yes to all that he has for you and no to all that the world has for you. And I can guarantee your life will change. 
I can guarantee it will be transformed. I can guarantee you'll be a different person. Too many of us have got too many maybes. Too many, oh yeah, maybe, maybe not, whatever. But can we say yes to Jesus? Yes to God and step into all that he has for us and say no to the world and that everything that it has for us. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, if you haven't given your life to him yet, I encourage you to do that. There's going to be an opportunity for you to do that in this service. Please, I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. Think, where am I? Where am I going? Where is my life leading me to? This is a choice to take a deviation. There's a, there's a, a parting in the road and you can choose to go to my yes, to say yes to Jesus, or you can say no to him and go to another place which doesn't lead you to anything good at all. I pray that this year, I pray that as you come around Christmas, all of you, that you come to realize the significance of what Jesus did. The significance of what he did. He changed time. He gave us access. And just as Abraham, who walked by faith, we get the opportunity to walk by faith in God yet again. We're not stuck under these rules and regulations that bind us and hold us back, but we're free in him to step into all that he wants for us because Jesus came, because God sent his son for us and he was willing to come to this earth to die for us. Can you imagine the father as he's sitting there in heaven and he, he realized that he can see you and me and he's, he, he wants to have a relationship with us and the father is sitting there knowing and, and he knows his son, his very son is, is going to have to suffer and die on a cross for you and for me and he still makes that decision to send his son down to be born of a virgin for us that's what we celebrate at Christmas that's how we celebrate a father that loves us a father that gave up his very best for us so that we can have an inheritance in him a father was willing to say, I'm going to give my son for you so that you can live for me. Can we honor that around this Christmas and say yes to everything that Jesus and God has for us and no to everything that the world has for us? And I can guarantee you're going to be blessed. Thank you.